I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And Bianca, how does my, my voice sound? Am I sounding okay? You're sounding loud and clear. Beautiful. And how do you say your last name? Is it Stichter? Stichter, yes. Beautiful. In okay. Dutch, it's Stichter, but that's too different. Right. So don't bother. Thank you for that. Hey, Jared, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Excellent. Hello. I'm going to leave you guys to it in just a second, but just wanted to check in and make sure everyone got set up and everything was good to go. Beautiful. And um, Jared, so we've got around uh, 20 minutes or so, Jared? Yes, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. And if we if we do go a little over that, that's all right with you? That A little over would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when you're in the middle of that last question, it's always a little challenging, but um, that's awesome. Okay, Jared, thank you for all this. And we'll talk uh, shortly. Sounds great. Enjoy. Thank you. Okay, uh, Bianca, we're recording. So, hey, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Um, not really. Okay. I just want you to feel super comfortable. Okay. All right. Well, give me one sec here. I'm going to bring us in with a spike. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by another special guest here from the Toronto International Film Festival. We have uh, Bianca Stichter here today uh, to talk about her new film, Three Minutes, A Lengthening. Bianca, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, hey, before we actually talk about your film, which, by the way, I thought was absolutely brilliant, and it is another one of those films that I think everyone needs to see. Uh, This is, anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. Tell me, how has the film been received? I know it's played at a few festivals. You're in Toronto currently on your way out. How how has the whole experience gone for you? Um, Well, it was a bit overwhelming, to be honest, because I... It's my first film, so I never did this before. So then all these um, festivals and interviews and so on is uh, quite overwhelming, but also very uh, enjoyable because the reactions have been um, really, really good. So that makes me very proud and happy. I, I, I bet it does. Well, that's well, that's great. Well, wel- welcome to Toronto and, and congratulations on a on a beautiful poetic uh, film. So what, 
what pushed you to direct a film? So you've produced a pretty, a few pretty important films, uh, from my understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so what, what got you to, to step sort of in a sense behind the camera, if you will? Well, this was really because of in the Rotterdam International Rotterdam Film Festival in the Netherlands. They started, I think, in 2015, way back when they started um, a critics choice program that critics could choose a movie and then they asked them to make a video essay about it. Movie. Okay. And that was a quite a new form then. Now, five years later, six years later, it's kind of like... Uh, a bit more established and I worked for a long time as a film critic in the, the Netherlands for a national newspaper so they asked me as well do you want to make uh, a video essay and, and I thought oh yeah I don't know really what film about but I had this idea before um, to do something with the three minutes of found footage that I had seen on the website of the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, because there was a book written about that called Three Minutes in Poland. And I had watched the footage on the on that website, and it's three minutes, a uh, little bit longer, but three and a bit minutes of a little a town in, in Poland, not so far from Warsaw, was a, a large Jewish population. Neshelsk? Neshelsk, yes. And... Um, you see almost like the whole town is 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 coming out to be filmed, especially the children. And it made a very big impression on me. And immediately I had the feeling it's so short, it's three minutes. Can't we make it in some way longer that we give these people their due attention mm. longer than for only these fleeting three minutes? So then I said to the Rotterdam Film Festival, well, could I do... Uh, something with this material and they were open-minded enough to say okay go ahead and I contacted Glenn Kurtz the writer of uh, the book Three Minutes in Poland and he um, was also kind of like who is this lady from Amsterdam let's see <laughs> let's see right. where it goes because I just sent him an email out of sure the sure sure and then the Holocaust Museum was also kind enough to send me the material in a form that we could work with and then we did a short presentation in Rotterdam. And then um, I already had the feeling I want to keep on working on it. And then you know, you know here what's we so, are five years later. Yeah. And here we are five years later. You know what's so great about that, Bianca, is I think for any new filmmaker, uh, for anyone who has an idea that they feel intuitively is important, okay. I think it's a real uh, 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 piece of support for them to go further, yeah. to go deeper, to ask the questions, to send the emails, right? Yes, and I mean... Absolutely. Like yeah. you said, five years later and, and, and three minutes of film, yes. it's, it's just, it's just, it's absolutely uh, brilliant. So, so talk a little bit about the film uh, for me. So, so Glenn, uh, 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 Glenn Kurtz, a uh, family member who shot this footage. Yeah, his grandfather uh, was from Nashelsk and he emigrated to uh, the United States already in 1888. And he lived in Brooklyn and made his fortune there. And then he went with his wife and um, a few friends when he was like 55. He went to Europe on holiday. And they went to, you know, all the highlights, uh, London, Paris, even Berlin. And um, 
they also visited um, the hometown, the town of the birth. So, 19, and this was 1938. 1938, yes. And that, of course, gives a lot of tension to the material because of course. the people in it are uh, looking very happy and joyous. And we, of course, know what from a year later um, started to happen with uh, the first the invasion of Poland and then the deportation and the extermination of um, in the camp Treblinka, in this case, mostly of almost all the people mm. um, that you see in the film have not survived the Holocaust. So that gives, of course, an incredible tension to the material. And also because in that way, it even gives something like that I was doing something that, that especially the children you see, because they really look at you. You have the feeling you can look them in the eye over the, over the age uh, it's, uh, divide. It's, you know, I have to say, Bianca, it's remarkable how, and I, lo- I so love how you end the film with a, can I say this, a reflection on the face. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the the humanity of the face and yet the footage that that david kurtz took even though maybe i read somewhere he was trying to sort of show the location mm-hmm. you just kept having these faces yeah, because they really they want up. to be seen for yes that's um, maybe it's a kind of human impulse sure, sure. Still, you know with facebook and social media everyone wants to be seen but that was a thing that also back then the effect that camera has on people is they want to be seen. So in a way, you have the feeling we're doing now something that that the camera held as promise already back then. You know, you look. It's so camera. what a great phrase. The ca- the camera held a promise. It's so beautiful. Was it was it uh, Helena Bonham Carter who said uh, as the narrator that the f- a film brings details without knowledge? Yes, yes. That's Can also you- that that was well. Um, when Glenn um, found the movie, um, he saw a town, he, he knew it must be in Poland, but where? And there's not a a landmark like sure. like the Big Ben or the Eiffel Tower sure. if yeah. they could establish where it was. And he thought, oh, that must be the town of my where my grandmother was born. And then he took a long time to to find a survivor from that town, which was more on the Ukrainian border and he showed it to that um, survivor and he said well I don't know what this is but this is not um, my town so then it was still you know kind of yeah orphan of a, of a movie because no one knew where it was um, uh, taken and then they found uh, uh, something's happening here don't see you anymore. Oh, oh, I'm, 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 I'm still with you. Yeah. Wait. Get <laughs> something weird on the website. Yeah, here we are again. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, and then um, Clem found an old picture of the of the doors of the synagogue. Right. And then the synagogue is visible. The, li- the, the lion of Judah. The lion, and that's how he could. Uh, identify for sure that the town was the town where his grandfather was born, Nashelsk. It's it, clearly Glenn's a bit of a detective, uh, <laughs> as as you are as well. It seems to me uh-huh. like there's a real there's a real forensic like nature yeah. to not only the film, 
but you know, there's a forensic, I guess there's a forensic like nature to memory as well. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and, and you play with the film in such a interesting and beautiful way. It appeals to me kind of as a philosopher and academic, but it <laughs> appeals to me too, I think as a, as a father who's trying to create memories for, for my own kids yeah. and for my family and so on. Did, did, did you, while you were going into this project, did you know that this was how it was going to play out? Or was this something that kind of was revealed to you as you dug deeper into the material? Yes. The, 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 the last thing, because let's say my first, um, what I first wanted to do was, um, to make it longer, but then of course you have to make it interesting to be uh, longer, and that people don't uh, keep keep uh, their eyes on it and not uh, uh, get bored with it. So, uh, and then the second thing became, you know, you become a bit obsessed. You want to know everything, and of course, the most important thing you could know is who are these mm. people. Mm. But that was. Because you have to realize that if almost everybody you know is murdered, there are also no people to left to recognize you on a picture. So then I thought, okay, let's let's then see what all the other things that are in the frame. What are they? Are they important? Or you get a kind of for me it became in a way a bit absurd that you have a kind of you know a lot of things, but they are not that um important you know right. they seem they seem kind of like in, in, in a kind of absurd way of sure uh, gaining knowledge but that is a bit of a yeah how can you phrase that a bit of a, of a i can't find the english words a decoy almost like mm. we can't know the really important thing so we're gonna sure. feed all the other things that we can find sure 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 but, but even that actually was really hard sometimes because, for instance, in the film you see sometimes you see people talk. They're clearly saying something. Right. So I thought, okay, let's have lip readers uh, look at it and then we can see what they're saying, probably in Yiddish or sure, maybe sure. in Polish. And then finally we located a lip reader who uh, knew those languages. But they said, no, it's too vague. We just can't. You can't be sure what they're saying and it's the fragments are too short and the film is not clear enough. So that was um, an end to that uh, avenue of research, let's say. But then I thought, okay, there are words that, you know, in every conversation there are words you must be sure that must have been said, like hello, and in this case, uh, New sure. York, Nashelsk, and um, shop or food, that kind of word. So we put those words then in, uh, in a part of the movie so you could have a little bit of an idea these words must have been have sounded at that time during this conversation someone must have said Nashelsk or New York or both sure. and then we had that in all the languages that were spoken there like Polish and Yiddish and English so can you um, it's interesting that uh, the color red comes <laughs> up in a significant way. And I would love for you to, to talk a little bit about that because it's, it's also connected. I think I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know this for sure, but connected to the film process itself. Yeah. And I think the film was discovered by Glenn a few months or maybe a year before that it would have completely disintegrated. Exactly. Because can, it yeah, was, can you talk it, a bit about that? And 
Well, he found it in a in a closet in in Florida, which is of course a very humid uh, climate. So not sure. hot and humid, not an ideal condition for for film material to uh, be in. And he donated it to the Holocaust Museum, and they. Um, managed to restore it and they had said well if it was a month later it would have been in such a bad state we could really not do anything with it anymore it was like a a big blob clued together and melted into each other so yeah there was almost nothing to be done with it anymore so I felt also it was important in one part of uh, the movie you see the really the 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 film itself the, the little images uh, sure. uh, vertically um, aligned. So we know what we are actually looking at because that's, of course, also a strange thing. Yes, film is something we uh, we look at, but it's also material and it's something that you forget very uh, soon because it's something luminous. We look at what is recorded, but um, before computers, let's say, in the analog world, it was really a thing film sure. it's a material and it's very um in a sense for us it feels old-fashioned because it's made from from gelatin from from cattle really so that's that i find so we're looking really at at bones of of, of cows while we're looking at the movie strange to realize um the fact that kodak makes an appearance in the film is just so interesting to me and i'm old enough to remember the the film canisters that my father what was the only a movie camera can bring it back to you part of part of the ad campaign would 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 you agree with that do we do we do we actually need the images do we need the images i mean this film is clearly and honestly bianca i want to chat about this and i know we have a limited amount of time but i think you know, monuments and memorials, this film's a memorial, but the, the phrase um, faces as traces is uh-huh. just so it's, just, I will never forget that <laughs> phrase. Yeah. And it makes me wonder about, about paying more attention mm-hmm. to the people I love and to the people that I yeah. interact with and, and the faces that I see on my zoom screen. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, so yeah. so anyway there's a lot of questions in there and i just i wonder if you could unpack a little bit of that for for me and my listeners well what i think yeah for me um still um photography and film have a very different relationship to reality than than paintings and statues because you know painting we we, we think that rembrandt is lifelike uh, in his portrait but who knows? We can't be sure because we, we cannot see the, the person it was based on. There's not a, a photo of that person. So that intimate relationship with reality that photography has, yes, of course, you can also manipulate it and so on. But in, 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 in first instance, it has a kind of a realistic um, relationship to, to, to um, the world around us. And especially if it's it's from from uh, from a long time ago, because yeah, it exists now what 100, 150 years. Uh, and then especially in this case, because so much of it is in color, we tend to think that uh, the world of yesterday is in black and white. That's right. Was also in 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 color, and that makes it then makes it so close. Uh, it feels so close to you that almost those those uh, eighty years in between. Um, disappear they feel like um 
contemporary contemporaries the the, the people uh, you see so that was for me a very um important part of the of the work to uh, to show that and of course nowadays we have so many images around us all the time more and more and more so you 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 could drown in a sea of images. hard to focus on anything exactly and what this film what we wanted to do is okay see what only three minutes of footage can can deliver when you really concentrate there's so much only in such a short uh, piece um, that can yield so much information that it's almost uh, incredible yeah i love the fact that you are asking me as a viewer uh to be more present Mm-hmm. To, to pay more attention to the details around me, to the, the wood carvings on the wall, to the, the, the shop signs on the street and the red scarf and so on. It's just, it really, really is a, a remarkable, a remarkable uh, film and, and story. And on one hand strikes me as, as, as almost an essay, but, mm-hmm. but, but a really, though a really important, piece of 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 uh, documentary and, and even narrative filmmaking because each one of these faces is represented by a story and i i just so i yeah thank you thank you so much for for taking the time with me today and 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 congratulations again on the film and 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 safe safe uh safe travels back home and i i i wish we had more time i've got <laughs> i have so many more questions but we've been talking with uh, bianca sticker here about about her new film uh three minutes uh, lengthening and hopefully coming soon to a digital theater near you thank thanks so much for your time today bianca thank you for having us Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.